podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Media Matters for Anfield Index. It is crazy time, people. The sun is out. The transfer window has opened as of today. Let the madness commence, as they say. And to join us in the the madness and the intricacies, a person who's been rather busy, according to his social media this week. But I am delighted to say we've got our regular guest, Merseyside, Liverpool football correspondent, the renowned and respected, David Lynch. David, seems to be a crazy week. How are we at the moment? Yeah, not too bad. A bit of illness my side, but so just getting over that and then fending off, um, you know, some, some idiots on social media, I'll call them that, uh, from time to time. So yeah, a bit of a crazy week Week and obviously transfer window getting started now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really ramping up and getting busy. Yeah, it's, it's probably a bit of almost a, a journalistic question in this regard. It's is this standard for this season? Because the thing I'm noticing, and it's my observation, so it might not be correct, is almost people, I'll call it snip a line out of a, a pod like ours or an interview, something like that, and just print it, probably in my phrase, out of context, and that will trigger responses, suggestions, all sorts of things. Is that the sort of norm for you around this time? Yeah, it, exactly that. It's sort of, it's become standard practice now that you get these aggregators. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I think, you know, they, they can be really helpful in terms of boosting your profile and getting news out there that you, you you want shared and stuff. And, you know, I'm always sort of eager that they share links and a lot of them are really helpful in terms of doing that. But there are others who, who sort of, you know, will intentionally sort of take you, your words out of context, as you say, and and that will cause problems, you know. I mean, I'm seeing a lot. There's a meltdown going on online at the moment, actually, yeah. from, from stuff that's been taken from something James Pierce had written, where he he dared to mention within the complete context of the piece the word budget, and, and people are now losing their minds and saying, "Oh, well, that means you know he's making excuses for FSG and this and that," and you know it's just nonsense. I, I think I think James, as much as any other journalist on the patch, will you know you've got to, you've got to wait and see. What, what sort of happens with this window and, and if FSG are judged to not to have done enough, then he will absolutely hold them to account. But because he's, he's dead, use that one word and, and people are just flipping out. I just think it's, you know, people need to really calm down and, and, and always read pieces within their context and don't just take them from what they see on the aggregators and stuff. Because a lot of that stuff is pulled out and, and you, specific lines you use to, to wind people up and to get an emotional reaction because that then leads to interactions through social media and growth of accounts. And pe- I just really wish, you know, people would bear that in mind because, you know, it, it, it's it's happening more and more frequently now. And, and it's, you know, I think it's unfair on the journalists, but it's also unfair on the fans because they're not getting an accurate depiction of what's being said or reported yeah. at all. Uh, the bit, their, their emotions are being used. And I wish people would sort of just guard against that a little bit by by maybe buying into it a little bit less. 
yeah, absolutely. Context is always key, and it's the uh, maybe the, the unfortunate time, so to speak, that we're living now. But yeah, the, the word clickbait probably has to be used in that context as well. So yeah, it will be interesting to see see if the uh, the craziness continues. But one place I, I did want to start because. It has been a good start, and alas, that's all it is at this stage. It's a good start, but Alexis McAllister, there is one in the door. That's important to stay. And the fee's the interesting one I want to ask about because, again, it might depend on which report you you read, but $35 million seems to be, you know, the, the clause, if that's the right phrase, the, the amount that's been stated. Mention of add-ons, but, you know, no, no clarification, which we wouldn't expect because, you know, neither side's going to come out with that. What is your understanding of the fee, what you've been told from club sources that way? Yeah, so to be honest, not not a very clear one, this. I think it, it's quite telling that the, the stuff about the add-ons is coming from the, the Brighton side of reports um, and, and the suggestion there that they've maybe got a better deal than it than it seems on the surface. Uh, you know, I've, I've no reason to disregard that. I, I think, you know, £35 million as a as a base figure seems remarkably low anyway. But I, But I do think, you know, I think it will still be if there are add-ons included. And like I say, I don't, I don't particularly doubt that. I think they may be, you know, even though it was a release clause, there may be something baked in there that says, but if you go on to win the Champions League with the club that you ultimately join, then, you know, they will have to pay X amount. You know, yeah. I, I would imagine there's something like that is baked in there. But I think the the reason I think you know that there's a really low base figure is that Liverpool, from their side, were saying it's an undisclosed fee now. You know, they're very rarely shy about, um, you know, reporting on fees and, and, and that doesn't happen very often, which to me suggests that there's been an agreement there with Brighton to say, look, this is a low fee. It doesn't look particularly good for you. We're happy to sort of, because we've got a great player for a decent fee, to sort of, you know, prevent your embarrassment almost and, and, and sort of we will just say it's undisclosed and that, that makes both sides happy. And then Brighton get from their point of view also to, to boost it a little bit, don't they, by suggesting there's add-ons there. So I do I do think there, there possibly are some add-ons involved. Like I say, I don't, don't probably doubt that. But I think I think that low baseline fee of £35 million that's being reported will be the initial fee. And I, and I can't imagine the add-ons go much further than that. So without a doubt, Liverpool have got an absolute snip there and a really, really good start to summer's business. Yeah, sounds brilliant. And understandable what you're saying, because Tony Bloom, Paul Barber, etc. are not going to want to damage their reputations as master negotiators either. So, yeah, a great start to the window. No two ways about it. And these, and I'll always group them together this, these next two, David, because they keep getting mentioned in conjunction, even though there's almost differing stories. So the two hottest names, if that's the right phrase, are Kepren Turan and Manu Kone at Mönchengladbach. So... They are the hottest names, as we say. It seems maybe, I don't know, Turam's the more frequent name being mentioned. And there's maybe been a bit of a cold water, so to speak, on the, the co-name link. Probably a, a short question, maybe a longer answer. What's your take or what's your latest that you've got on these two names? Yeah, well, I, I saw Florian Plettenberg said, didn't he, that, um, that Kone doesn't look particularly likely at the moment. And again, you know, he's someone with, with great links to German clubs, so I, I wouldn't doubt his reporting at all. Um, you know, I, I'd suggest that's probably accurate. Not least because I think, you know, you look at the fee that Munch and Gladbach are apparently looking for, which is around £35 million ish That doesn't look a particularly difficult deal to do at all, does it? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you think with Liverpool, you know, that would be very easy for them to get straight in there and, and, and get that done quite quickly. If he was the one that they were 100% convinced was going to be the right player for them to to bring in. Um, so, you know, 
there's maybe a suggestion there that, that maybe they are a little bit cooler on him than they are on, on, on maybe some of their other targets that they're deciding from. Um, because like I say, I think it would be an easy deal for them to do. So I think, you know, Toram to me maybe looks slightly more complex in terms of the amount it would cost and, and how, you know, whether there might be some competition around him. So that that's an interesting one, I think. And and I, yeah, I, I sort of fall on the side of thinking that that one looks more likely out of the two at the moment. Um, you know, it's still early days, as I said, and I don't think they've honed in on exactly what's happening next. But I did see that um, Rafaela Pimenta, who, who represents Turam, what was having a meeting at Nice today. So I think that, that suggests that maybe something at least is going to move on his future soon. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really doubt that, that maybe Kone is, is, is maybe an easing of interest on that side because yeah, I, I think it will be a straightforward one. And I, and I just, the, the fact there's been no quick progress on it, maybe he's not right at the top of the list is something that we can glean from that. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And yeah, that, that budget list, Phrases we're understandably going to hear regularly over this summer as well. And it's probably worth me just going through a few of the other names that, that are coming out. And again, there may be nothing on them, but just to see if there, there is any updates at all. And, you know, I may be pronouncing some of these wrong, but Gabri Vegas, one we've heard, the Celta sort of midfielder can also pay as a, an attacker. Anything on him at all? Yeah, kind of quiet on that front. Definitely a player of interest. Again, Probably a straightforward deal to do because it's a release clause there. So Liverpool know exactly what it cost. I think they will probably know on the player side now in terms of uh, what he would expect and, and what other competition they could expect for his signature. So, you know, we definitely, nothing really to add to that one other than the interest at the moment and, and, and one that Liverpool are looking at. I think, you know, it's going to be just interesting to see sort of how long Liverpool take over this next stage now because the, the, the suggestion from the club side is, okay, we wanted to get McAllister over the line. We knew what we needed to do there. We knew we were going to have to beat off a lot of competition to do it. And the next stage, it was more sort of, okay, we're going to, we're going to sit back now and sort of assess our options, see what's out there and see what we can get for what amount of money. Um, and that seems to be what, what's happening at the moment. No real rush at the moment to, to get the next move done. Um, and, and we'll see with, with Vega. But like I say, there's definitely interest there. And, and it shouldn't be a really difficult deal to do because it, because it's a release clause. So, you know, maybe that's something that, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, maybe when Liverpool know, OK, we can't get X or Y, we can get this. That's when we'll start to see moves on that. And and and, and a deal like that wouldn't be particularly difficult to, to wrap up, I wouldn't suggest. Yeah, that makes sense. And I should mention it in context, to, to be fair, the, the piece you did, it's a great one if, if no one's read it at all for Football Insider. Is, is it very much, as you, as you described it, this next stage now is almost laying the groundwork and we're going to have to use this word whether people like it or not, within a budget, so to speak, you know, looking at realistic available targets and then almost from the board, so to speak, Schmacker, Klopp, whoever, picking and making the moves. Is that a fair way of assessing it, would you say? Yeah, because I think I think that's generally how sort of this, you know, people don't like it to be called the transfer committee. Recruitment staff I best, is probably the best phrase to use instead. Um, is how it's always worked really is sort of they will come with a list that the scouts and say you know these are the players we think would be a really good fit for this if if this is what you need and and, and this is this is what you need and and then the manager will say okay well like yeah I like I like this I like that and 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 then sort of move forward then to sporting director contacting the agents and the clubs and, and and sort of making the deal happen from there so I think we're very much in that process now but there's a I think what Liverpool are doing and you can clearly see this from the outside because of all the the names that are being linked is they're just casting the net so wide because they don't want to be left short. They don't want to end up in a situation, 
you know, I think you can almost derive that, that last summer, that's almost what happened to them, is that yeah. they were so committed to the idea of getting too many, and when it didn't go right, they ended up having a, an overall pretty poor summer, really. Um, I, I don't think they want to get caught in that position yet. So uh, Again, sorry. So I think that the, they've got this big list of targets, and I think this is now, okay, we knew McAllister was going to be at the top of it because, you know, great release clause, Premier League experience, never gets injured, World Cup winner, just a brilliant player all around, really good fit. Um, yeah. What comes after that is maybe a little bit more hard to decide. What's the huge difference between a Taran and a Gabby Vega or a, a Kone? Uh, you know, all young midfielders with promise. Who will be the best fit for exactly what we need to fit into this midfield? And I think that that decision making progress process is is maybe still going on at the moment. And, and like you're saying, there's there's budgetary concerns in there as well. But you know, there's still a lot of money left to spend at the moment. But it, it's something they're going to have to factor in, particularly if they want to they want to add a defender at the end of this window. Yeah, and, and that was actually going to be my my next port of call because yeah, I think they're almost the list if we call it that for midfielders. We we've been through them there. Defensive wise, I don't know if the names are thinned. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but the only two we really wanted to ask you about that we've seen sort of in recent reports. Uh, one may be familiar and one more recent. So if I'm pronouncing them right, Benjamin Pavard and Mickey Van der Ven at Wolfsburg. Anything on those two at all? Yeah, so Pavard is sort of been quite heavily knocked down to me from Liverpool sources, not not seemingly a name that, that Liverpool are actually interested in signing this summer. Just think I think their name's been thrown out there to to either push for a new contract or maybe, you know, spark interest from other clubs to to get a move away from buying this summer. So that's definitely not one anyone should expect Liverpool to um to pursue this summer. And Van der Ven, um I, I think just profile wise just seems to really fit the bill, like the pace and the he can play on the left hand side as well. That's probably something Liverpool are gonna maybe look for. Um, you know, looks like he could be a good fit. I mean, I've, I've asked on the players' side and, and sort of got a bit of a, a, a no comment on that one. Um, but but it wasn't ruled out, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I I just think that's one very much to to keep an eye on. He he seems interesting to me because I was told as well uh, quite a couple of months ago even that that Liverpool were definitely looking for a Dutch centre back in this in this uh, summer window and 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 never sort of forgotten about that and and it, his name just keeps popping up again and again um, and apparently he's a Liverpool fan as well so again doesn't seem like it'd be really difficult to convince him to come so um, that that is one that I would say I, I can't definitively guarantee Liverpool are gonna gonna go for him but. 100% a name to keep an eye on because it, it, so many, it ticks so many boxes in terms of what I've been told. And, uh, you know, yeah, maybe one just, just to, to watch at the moment. Well, yeah, that will be music to the ears of many. I suppose probably for one last question on the incomings before we talk about potential outgoings as well. Any other names that you're sort of hearing or worth keeping an eye on, even ruling out rumours, anything like that at all you can tell us? Uh, in terms of outgoings, I, I mean, we, we've spoken before, haven't we, about Simicast. I think, I mean, it, it's interesting to see sort of reports from Greece coming out that you know he doesn't have any sort of intentions of going anywhere at the moment. Seems to be happy, or there isn't sort of interest coming in him at the moment. So, you know, maybe that's one where where he sort of hangs on until he's a, a year out from the end of his contract, and then has another think about it, see how much he he plays next season. Again, mm. Joel Matip, I, I, I think we, we've spoken about before, but you know possibly an expectation that he's just going to see out his contract now, which again, because you know, I think we've said it on this podcast previously, it's difficult to imagine a club's going to come in and want to take on the wages he's on at the moment with, yeah. with the injury record he's got. So I think in terms of outgoings, it's 
you know, no real movement there at the moment. Um, maybe clubs will wait till the end of the window when he sends he could possibly get a bargain out of Liverpool and, and Liverpool might just, you know, slim the squad down a little bit at that point in the window. But at the moment, very, very quiet in terms of outgoings. Yeah, it was a, an interesting one because I won't say it came for, from nowhere, but it, it almost broke a, a few days before. Calvin Ramsey's now on a, a season-long loan to Preston. I suppose the, the couple of questions with that and, one may be straightforward. It, it seems pretty obvious, you know, across the board that that's for first team football to get minutes after his injury problem. So that's probably the reason. I suppose the, the question a lot of people, a lot of our fans are asking, what does that mean if we know anything for Connor Bradley? As in, is he now back up for Trent? Has he got a shot? Is there any sort of guidance the club have provided around him or Calvin Ramsey at all? Yeah. Uh, oh, just before I go into that, actually, I wanted to mention Fabio Carvalho in terms of the outgoings. Um, obviously, no real movement on that. I just know that over the last sort of week or so, talks still being ongoing with with Leipzig, and and maybe sort of towards the end of the week, maybe expect some sort of update on that. We'll we'll, we'll sort of see how that pans out because that that situation is still ongoing. So that's definitely one to watch in terms of the outgoings. And uh, yeah, on, on Calvin Ramsey, um, as you say, it, it was seen as a good move for him because you know so injury hit his first year at Anfield and. Really good opportunity for him to get out and play some football. I'd still suggest that, it, that it's slightly disappointing in terms of, you know, it's another signing from that window where, you know, your best case scenario now is that it's going to be his third season at the club before he makes any actual impact on the first team. And yeah. you know, there, was, there was hope that he was going to be the backup to Trent last season, wasn't there? You know, if, if yeah. he hadn't picked up the injuries. And he is going to be fit soon, fit enough for pre-season. So it's kind of like, well... You know why is he not considered ready to 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 maybe have that role this season around? Uh, had a year to settle in. It's yeah, I, I see that as a bit of a disappointing one, really, from a personal point of view. And uh, we'll we'll see how things pan out from him after his loan. Hopefully, he has real success there. And I'd say yeah, Connor Bradley definitely going to get a chance in preseason. They'll they'll definitely have a look at him because he was he had a really successful loan stint, and he's and he's always been sort of highly rated, and always he always stood out for me when he was playing at the academy. So yeah, he's a really talented player there. I think. What Liverpool have got to find out is, you know, is he good enough to to play at Liverpool's level as a as a backup to Trent? I think, you know, they are going to say, well, we've got Joe Gomez who can play at right back, and and I think he will primarily serve as the backup right back, even if Conor Bradley was kept in the squad for the remainder of the season. But he's definitely someone that you know they're going to have a look at in pre-season and see where he's up to and and whether he can make an impact. And you know, maybe over the first half of the season, keep him around, see what happens with him, and if he gets minutes and and does well. Yeah, that's that's good for everyone. Um, but we'll we'll just have to see with him. I don't think any sort of concrete decisions have been made in terms of what happens next. Yeah, which makes complete sense at this stage. And almost pre-season will be upon us before too long as well. I mean, outgoings-wise, there there was quite a few of our subscribers wanted to know because, and it's natural the players that have been leaving on freeze this summer. You know, some legends of the club like Bobby Firmino, um, Firmino shouldn't have the extra eye in there, should I? Milner. Ox, Naby Keita. I mean, we know Keita's going to, or gone, I should say, to Werder Bremen. We know that Milner, it seems set for Brighton. There's a lot of talk with Ox to um, Villa. Is there anything around Bobby at all? Because there doesn't seem to have been any sort of mention at all. Any insight you can provide on that at all? Uh, to be honest, absolutely not at the moment. Um, and I think that's primarily because the, the way his, you know, his representatives operate always been really respectful and, and they, they, they don't want to sort of jeopardise things for the player either in terms of leaking things out all the time. I think 
the first indication you will get of, of, of where Roberto Firmino is coming will probably come from the club that thinks that they've got him first up because I think I just knowing the way his agents operate, then they're, they're not brash, you know, they're not out there trying to create noise. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's really in line with sort of the players' values himself. Um, you know, they, they don't like to make a fuss, so. I, I think that's why you're not hearing a load of names coming out saying, oh, well, you know, he might go to this club, he might go to that club. Because I think the, there's just a real, you know, quiet determination on their side to just get the best deal and present it to Bobby and and he makes his move from there. So, like I say, I, I think once something starts coming out around that in terms of clubs who might be linked with him, I think it'll be, you know, it'll be from, coming from the club side and will be very, very close to done. Um, so that's one, one to see really going forward. But... Just yeah, I, I think from all fans' perspective, really, it's, it'd be nice to see him get a, a good move because you know he, he's earned it, hasn't he? What a, what a brilliant yeah. servant he was for Liverpool, and I hope he ends up somewhere maybe a little bit sunnier than the northwest of England, and and and, and somewhere he can be happy and, and play his football and and make other fans happy as well. Yeah, it would make absolute sense, and everyone would wish him all the best as well. And probably because we we've mentioned preseason, it is still a few a, a few weeks away, but. It's starting to, to ramp up and we're getting that feel of, you know, coming back to training soon enough. It'll be on our doorstep before we know it. One, I'm almost linking it to a, a story that I saw today that Ben Doak's withdrawn from the Scotland under-21 squad and the Scotland under-21 manager had said it's, you know, hoping to make an impact at Liverpool, you know, come back in the, the best shape for pre-season, that type of thing. I suppose with pre-season round the corner, David, there's, there's always a star, I always think. There's always a, a Christian Nemeth, if you go back so far, an Oviajaria, <laughs> you know, a, a, probably a Rian Brewster a few years ago. Is it dope you're, you'd be looking at, sort of the one who could really stand out? Or is there anyone you think we should have on our radar at all for this summer who could really make an impact in that first team picture? Yeah, I mean, Doak's one. That that's kind of an interesting decision from from him. I think in terms of, I, I think it's a wise decision because the the way preseason is going to work in terms of the internationals are going to get a little bit of extra time off, aren't they? Um, so it, it's going to it's going to basically fall to youth players and and whoever doesn't represent their countries to to come in in for for those early couple of games. And I think yeah. for Doak, he's got to see that as a huge opportunity to impress. I mean. He's not someone who's really currently being considered for a loan move at the moment, which means he's going to be in and around the first-team squad. He's going to be picking up those League Cup games, hopefully, and maybe making a few more sub-appearances in the Premier League because he is is incredibly highly rated. You know, they, they really do think he can be a Liverpool player. Um, so they, those first couple of pre-season games are going to be absolutely key for him. So I think to, to not be doing international football and make sure so he doesn't have to have that extended break and he can come back in and from the very first day sort of show that he's ready to to, to sort of play those games and, and, and come straight in and be a real, you know, a real figure around the first team. I think that's really going to be important for him. So I, I, I'm glad he's made that decision. I'm sort of really looking forward to see how he, he does on the over the preseason period as a whole, I think another player would maybe mention um, is is possibly Luke Chambers, who's who's coming back from loan. Yeah, um, I, I'll be interested to see how he 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 does. I think he's one who's who's quite liked around the club, um, you know. And, and I'm sure there'll be a few others who who sort of manage to stand out in the end who we don't think of. But there'll be, um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think. Uh, it's it's an exciting time, I think, those especially those first couple of games because you do you do see some young players in a first team environment that you've you've maybe not imagined what they'll be like when they make the step up, and yeah. sometimes some some of them can really surprise you. So uh, let's hope alongside Doak, there's a few others who who put themselves in the mix for for playing a lot of first team game next season. 
yeah, fingers crossed. There's always a, a star normally, so hopefully it continues. And the only real final thing I, I wanted to, to ask you as well is, naturally, in summertime when there's not the games, people will, as you say, cling on to the comments, interviews, whatever it is. There was an interview that um, Ibu did the other day, Kanate, in regards to you know Liverpool. He, met, he mentioned Turam specifically, but we've already talked about that. But he did talk, and a lot of people have almost jumped on it, that you know, it made sense that the players, these four players have gone. We need to get replacements. That was the way, you know, I surmised it. It seemed quite straightforward. Has it almost surprised you how many people have reacted to those comments from Ibu and how people have seen it as almost a, maybe not an attack, but a criticism, a prompt of the owners? Is, I suppose, long story short, has it surprised you the way people are jumping on that type of thing at all? Probably not surprise me because I know how angry people are at all times during this window. You know, during the transfer window, any slight comment of of anything will be twisted towards transfers. Or, or you know, I mean, what Canate says is absolutely bang on, isn't it? I don't think anyone would disagree with him. But rather than going, okay, yeah, absolutely right. What you know, spot on. Great to see a player you know, wanting fresh blood brought in and wanting a challenge next season and wanting the squad to be stronger. Rather than sort of accepting that as a positive, people are like, oh, well, this is a threat to FSG. He knows that they're tight and they won't spend any money. Um, I just don't think we can make that judgment till the end of the window. We, You know, yeah. uh, there the have been big windows under FSG. Well, if if he gets to the end of it and that, that hasn't happened, then, you know, absolutely, they will get slaughtered. I, I know from my personal perspective, I, I would be hugely critical of that. But I think, you know, what you're getting is, not just the Canate comments. A really good example is, for example, so um, one of the aggregators tweeted about Curtis Jones saying, you know, he had a really strong finish to the season, did really well. I, I, you know, you're looking forward to seeing him next season. And it was all, it was people just queuing up to say, oh, does this mean we're not going to sign anyone? Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Like, it's just an aggregator account saying that one of the young players did really well and could be an option next season or should be an option next season, which he should, by the way, regardless of who Liverpool signed. Um, yeah. I just wish people would just tone it down a touch. It's it's really really just calm down a little bit. You know, Liverpool have already got a really good signing in the door. The transfer window is just opened, just opened, and we're you know we're right at the start of things. They're, re- they're actively working on other targets. You know, people just need to calm down. It it stuff is happening, and if we if we I, I, I'm not at the at the moment you know in a stage where I'm worried that they won't do enough. I think there's there are positive signs there that Liverpool are are actively addressing the weaknesses. And I think everyone should, you know, take that mindset. And, okay, if it doesn't happen, let, let's all, you know, completely lose it and, and, and criticise the owners and the manager. But until then, I, I, I just don't think it's worth it, particularly when the weather's so good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be a, a long summer if this weather continues and the fume continues at the same time. So, yeah, absolutely. There, there is a long way to go, people. So, fingers crossed. It's all good by the end of the summer and time will tell on that one. But all that leads me to say, as ever is, David, thank you very much for your time in your honesty. It's greatly appreciated. No, thanks for having me. Good stuff. And that, ladies and gents, was another Media Matters for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. 
you won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.